All right, today we welcome an author, a mentor, and this inspirational lady is a three-time world CrossFit champion, Amanda Allen. It is great to have you on. How are you, mate? Hey, Joel. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really, really good. Looking forward to our chat. Um, just parked here on the mountain, actually. Hang on. There's the Wolfies. Where Beautiful. are they? There they yeah, are. The boys are patiently waiting to hear what we've got to chat about. <laughs> Having a bit of a rest there. Uh, yeah, they, they're good resters. All right. They go on a, a few adventures, that's for sure. Oh, it never stops. Life. Oh, my gosh. The highs and the lows. <laughs> the whole thing's a crazy mixed-up adventure, isn't it? What? It is. It is. Mate, it's been a few years since I've uh, chatted with you. It's obviously great to catch up. We're going to catch up on the last few years, but also uh, before that, let's go back to the younger years. Mm. Where did uh, Where did you grow up and what sort of sports did you play as a kid? Yeah, so I'm an Adelaide girl, South Australia. Um, I'm not there anymore, <laughs> but I grew up there. Um, actually, I was talking to somebody the other day and I said um, it was actually within a religious setting and I said, look, I, I grew up not religious. I grew up suicidal and depressed, actually. Um, so, you know, that was a hell of a start. And um, I actually wrote a book, The Time of My Life, which is on my website. And, um, you know, what I described in there is the way I used to gather evidence against myself, you know, because I, I just couldn't, I couldn't work the world out. So I was reading psychiatry texts, you know, university psychiatry texts uh, at 12 years old, uh, looking for answers to how to do life, how to not feel suicidal and um, depressed and confused and uncomfortable and socially awkward. And, um, you know, the only thing that ever really, really saved me was physical movement, you know. So I played every sport, you know, water polo, netball, athletics, whatever it was. Better not team sports because I, I still got a social anxiety in team sports. Um, but for me, yeah, I would lose myself in physical activity and um, that just seemed to be a balm seemed to be yeah. the one thing of all the things that worked. And, you know, as a young girl at school, I didn't know that I was depressed. I didn't know that I had social anxiety. I just knew that I wasn't right. And everybody else seemed to be right. They seemed to know what to do, how to exist, how to communicate with one another. And, um, you know, it was very, very uncomfortable growing up. And, um, you know, at 14, I found alcohol. And that was the other answer to all my problems. And, um, you know, I didn't stop until I was 34. I, I drank alcoholically, um, a bit of a chameleon. So the way I drank changed over the years, but I always drank alcoholically. Uh, I drank to blackout. I did things that, you know, I didn't remember or I wouldn't want to remember. Um, I put my family through hell. I moved out of home at 14 and moved into a house with four older men and we grew dope in the backyard and I stole toilet paper from the um, local toilet block and and I sought uh, potato and gravy from um, from uh, KFC was health food <laughs> yeah weird start you've, you've come a long way mate that's for sure <laughs> I've come away I've come a fair way yeah mate you talk about uh, you know 14 years old and and not knowing what to do and things like that and you talk about movement as your sort of medicine. Now, do you think uh, kids these days, I know my kids like to get out and do their sport and activity, but they're also on their, you know, devices a fair bit and kids these days are on their devices a fair bit. Do you think there's going to be sort of that, you know, I guess 
kids going through the same sort of thing as you did possibly because of the lack of movement and, and things in some of the kids these days? Yeah, absolutely. And you know that um, depletion of dopamine because, you know, we're pushing buttons and staring at an, L- um, an LED screen, blue light and sedentary and, you know, what's coming, the consequences, I can't even begin to imagine uh, for the longevity um, and health of those kids, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual. You know, if we didn't have a television, you know, I'd go out banging around playing commandos on my my bike as a kid, you know, in the suburbs. And, you know, it was all good to do that. We'd, we'd come home when we're hungry. Um, those times have changed. And, um, yeah, I, I, it's... Um, I think it's a terribly sad state of the world. And, you know, we've all been stolen from ourselves, families, parents, children. You know, you know what I loved about the, um, oh, because this is another story, but I was, lo- uh, you know, in, when we first hit lockdown and COVID hit at the beginning of 2020, um, I'd left uh, domestic violence and ended up um, in my van. I'd fled, left in my van with my two wolfies. But I ended up in my van for five months, suicidally depressed, scared. I was being stalked. But what I saw was families, parents at the beach, in the park, kicking the ball, playing. Like, literally, it was so freaky. It was like watching the best, you know, a, a, like a, 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 you know, a mega movie because um, these things we hadn't seen before and people were, yeah, they were just putting down, they were taking the opportunity to go out and be with one another in the sunshine because it was so precious because we're only allowed an hour, you know, a day. <laughs> it was good to see. We, we that was know up our way too, uh, even, you know, walking around the beaches, there was more people walking sort of around the beaches and it was fantastic yeah. to see. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's such a blessing and a curse, but that's been my life actually. All, both of them, you know, in equal measure at the same time. Yeah. Well, we've got lots to talk about today. I've got plenty of things to, uh, to talk about. I'm going to go on the sporting side first up now. I once knew uh, Amanda Allen as a triathlete. Now, you're a professional triathlete. Do you want to talk about a little bit about your triathlon days and I guess what distances you did and what what your event was in triathlon, basically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was funny, you know, I took up triathlon to save myself from my drinking when I was in university. Um, And and it really worked. You know, it was either drink myself to death or train myself to death. And um, triathlon just... um, came into my life uh, because of a boyfriend that I had Um, but then it became my life and um, I was good at it and I think I'm very good at swallowing down pain and I go almost into like a dissociated state which is a reflection of uh, it's a good use of putting trauma to good use right Um, but yeah I, I, I won university games and then I just went on to continue to compete and um you know, I just kept winning and I kept getting better. And, um, you know, I was a terrible runner. I wasn't a good runner. And I was told that I wasn't a good runner because I was a bigger, thicker set athlete. So I would just swim as hard as I could. I would ride as hard as I could. And then I would just hang on for dear life, whatever I had left in the tank for the run. And I just kept doing that. And uh, by doing that, I ended up becoming actually a really good runner. But I would just empty myself and never held anything back. It's all I ever knew. So, you know, I won state titles, national titles, world titles. Um, I wanted to make the Olympics. I was top 10 in the world. I traveled all over the world. I competed um, for a team in uh, France. Like I was contracted, you know, car, apartment, prize money, um, 
you know, a wage. And that was incredible. I raced every weekend, sometimes twice a weekend. Um, uh, but, you know, that, that spanned about – I didn't make the Olympics. I, I was close. It was a time when Australians were – we were the best athletes in the world, in the females. Um, so, you know, we were probably the top 10 best in the world. So I never made the Olympics, which was the 2000 Olympics, first time um, – uh, CrossFit uh, triathlon have been in the Olympics um, and you know as as it goes with alcoholics because I am an alcoholic sober alcoholic I ended up drinking my way out of triathlon you know it, it just it was always waiting for me when things got shaky and um, it was a hell of a ride I traveled all over the world um, I trained as hard as any any man woman anything ever um, and I loved it um yeah but that was my triathlon um you know I was I was really good at it <laughs> yeah I remember you being yeah at the top of the game uh I was also involved in triathlon at that stage and running around and um now you talk about I guess that alcoholism in uh you you're an alcoholic and um now with a triathlon obviously lots and lots of training and you went all in so once you finished it was like a button switch is like is it is that how you'd explain it yeah i was actually with a i was training with a coach who was um he wasn't um he was he was a, he was actually a bit of a predator um and unfortunate for me he he really focused on me so i think at the end of my triathlon career, having not made the Olympics, in fact, training with him, my tra my performances deteriorated. He was one of those slash and burn type um, uh, uh, coaches who just volume, 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 and whoever survives will thrive in a competition setting. And that's that doesn't work for me as much as I'm a big trainer. Um, but, yeah, he really targeted me. And I think, you know, that combination, I just um, – I just left. I left and I couldn't look at my bike. I fell into depression. I couldn't touch my bike. I couldn't I couldn't go swimming. I just literally couldn't do anything anymore. Um, you know, on every level I'd I'd just been emptied. Um yeah, I'm not sure if I answered your question then. No, that's fine, mate. Yeah, it's a, you know, I it's a tough one. I mean, going from loving something to polar opposite with it, I can't even imagine um that feeling so yeah and, and you know at, at that age and that stage and really there's no one to guide you there was no one to tell me oh you know when this happens do that and I always wanted the handbook for life for everything but it, it doesn't work that way does it yeah, you know that's, that's right. how you get experience yeah yeah oh uh, yeah and now after the triathlon was there any other sports before you went to CrossFit yeah what did I do yes 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 so I kept, uh, you know, once I sort of recovered, I, I started personal training and I had an amazing squad of um, mostly older women. And that seems to have been the people I look after, um, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. But um, and I started doing adventure races and a little bit of triathlon training. And, um, and then I discovered um, by quirk of fate, uh, a high kneeling canoeing, which was then to become the first time it was to become a women's Olympic sport. Because up until that time, I, I can't remember when that was, it must have been back in, must have been 2010. I'm not sure if I've got the right Olympic time schedule there. Um, might have been 12. Yeah, uh, maybe 12. Um, yeah, so until that point, men had competed in high kneeling canoeing. 
uh, very strong European sport. But the powers that be believed that women's uteruses would have been damaged if they'd competed in this sport. So it wasn't a women's sport until I think it was 2012. Um, and so, yeah, this, this guy I was learning canoeing from said, hey, you look like a woman who likes a challenge. I'm like, yeah, what gave me away? He's like, this sport, try this. It's going to be an Olympic sport. And um, I tried it and I decided I am going to be the first Australian woman to ever go to the Olympics in this sport. And uh, I, I gave it everything. Six months, I committed everything I was. You know, I trained hours a day on the water. Uh, with my dog Pepper swimming and following me everywhere. Everywhere I went, there was this little head following me, following me. And I'd never done anything so difficult in my life. I was literally black and blue from falling in all the time along my legs. It was horrendous. Um, but I didn't quite make the Olympics. I, I made state national titles. I um, was at nationals to qualify for the world championships and a woman from Sydney, a younger woman, uh, actually, sorry, Queensland came and she just pit me at the post. So she got selected for the world team. And, and actually um, this, this strangely enough leads me to CrossFit because at that time um, my friend had come into my PT studio and said, Oh my God, CrossFit, CrossFit. She was losing her mind. And I was like, whatever, whatever, whatever. I'd had my sights set on the Olympics for this high kneeling canoeing. Anyway, she planted a seed. I looked it up online. Uh, it looked really cool. And I found this coach in a gym which had no mirrors. It was in a warehouse. He had dreadlocks and was like, fuck yeah, this is cool. I'm going to give this a go. Um, so I turned up, but I was still paddling at that time. And I just said to him, hey, I want to do PTs. I want to do lunging things because that's the position um, that you're in a lunging position in the um, boat for the high kneeling canoeing. And um, I don't want to do that Olympic lifting. I don't want to do that, you know, jumpy thing. Just, you know, and because I was paying the bills, he, he just trained me. Um, but when I didn't make the Worlds, it was literally, oh, sorry, you know, like the World Te Team for the Olympics. Um, was exactly when the must have been 2011 yeah the 2011 open was on yep. and so he just said why don't why don't you do it so it was 20 dollars. i think it's still 20 dollars even now to join so i was like yep. oh yeah all right i'll throw my hat in the ring i'm going to be training at the gym on a saturday morning at the box on a saturday morning anyway so what's the big deal and um you know, I ended up, um, I think it was 26 in the Open in Australia that year. So I qualified to go to, uh, I think it was regionals then. It was at Homebush in that yep. amazing outdoor stadium. That was the coolest thing. I felt like a gladiator, you know. And, um, yeah, I just turned up, really didn't know what CrossFit was. I just thought what I was doing was pretty cool. And I was insanely fit from my, um, like, training with my clients and doing adventure racing and, um I ended up third. I ended up finishing third at those regionals and I booked a ticket as a, I was 41 when I got to the games as a 41 year old woman in Carson, California, as an individual female, um, doing the greatest sport on earth. <laughs> Absolutely loving it. Hey, yeah. I've actually got a question from a, a judge that was there in 2011. No uh, way. Ewan, a uh, good friend of mine. He, uh, he said he judged you in 2011 at Olympic Park. Will we, receive, will we see you return to the floor in 2024? Yeah, man, that's the best question ever. I might cry, hey. Um, 
I just went up to Torian Pro this weekend to watch and it was horrific for me to watch. Yeah. I'm not built to watch. Like I'm um, still recovering weirdly. Um, but all I wanted then, because I've just, I'm, I'm literally tw 12 weeks out of having a total hip replacement. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just like this patchwork quilt, you know, like this Frankenstein, you know, version of myself because I've been so cut up and pulled apart and glued back together, literally. Um, but I made this commitment and actually the coach and owner of CrossFit Sortel, where I train now, I said to him, hey, Jamie, do you know what my dream of dream of dreams is? And you would think it would be going back to the games, but at this point it's getting back on that competition floor as an individual female at Torian Pro, you know, and whatever happens, happens. I, I just, you know, if it's if it's possible, I'm fascinated to find out if um, that, that potential's there um, and that, you know, the hip is a challenge. Like I don't really know my way, but I haven't known my way with everything that I've done so far. So um, this is just going to be another one of those challenges. And I've got a year. And I've got such a heart for it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a really um, quite chronically introverted um, human. So I can go and train in a gym for hours with my wolves by my side. And um, I'm never happier. I, and that really is my happy, happy, happy place. Training for hours, just disappearing into my little bubble. Yeah. And uh, I love pushing myself. I love the discomfort. I love um, putting strange and... Um, intensely challenging combinations together and all I need to do is look at the standard that those women are at maybe you know if I can hit the standard of around um, the 15th place woman going into um, Torian Pro you know from the open quarters um, if I can achieve that level of fitness I can go <laughs> yeah. so you know it all seems possible sitting here at the moment and I'm awesome, literally mate. This week was my transition week, just getting things sorted in my business and my life so that I can, can, can begin to commit myself to the discipline structure that's required to achieve that goal, you know, probably 10 months' time. Yeah, that's awesome, mate. Yeah. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be great to see you uh, out there if, you know, everything aligns. So, Could you imagine? That would be the greatest comeback story in the history of the world. I'd basically be 53 and, you know, just ha taking it for a spin on that floor. Yeah. No, I'm that in. would be awesome. <laughs> awesome. Let's go back to 2011. So you finished third and you qualified uh, to go to the ranch. Um, how did you go from there? Yeah, so the first day, I, the first workout, can you believe it? It was down on Santa Monica Beach at the pier and it was a swim, run, push-ups, squats, pull-ups, chest bar pull-ups. It was epic. And I finished fourth that day, you know, and I came out of the water first. And um, if I, if I drop the F-bomb, are we okay? Or sure, are we F-bomb free? Go for it. Okay, because it will just slip out every now and again. So they're basically, <laughs> I came out of the water first and they're like, who the fuck is this? Who is this woman? So they're working out, who is this Amanda Allen? She's this 41-year-old Australian woman never heard of her before it's her first games and yeah i finished fourth in that workout that day and i'd almost almost never done chest bar pull-ups so i think there were 50 chest bar pull-ups so everything i did was just um it was on a wing and a prayer and um yeah. you know i was just determined to have a crack and 
although I wasn't pretty, I was, I would just grind everything out. I would just grind and grind and grind and grind, you know, drop, get back on, drop, get back on, drop, get back on. That's, it's kind of been the story of my CrossFit career is just, um, not, not pretty, but, uh, <laughs> you know, very effective. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that, that games, I ended up, I think I ended up 10th on the first day for 19th overall at the end of the games and uh i literally i had the time of my life my book that i wrote after the next games was um called the time of my life and it was really reflecting on what crossfit had brought into my world and i got off the plane from the 2011 games um and i literally went to the gym with my suitcase and i was like right let's go game on i'm going back and uh, I want it and I'm going to give it everything. And so there was no time to waste. And I was really mental. I was mad, mad, mad and passionate and disciplined and focused. Like it's not for everybody, you know. And yeah. um, I was uh, going to say, uh, I, you know, I, I'm, so I qualified. So I think I've been to five regionals and I've finished top four at four of them. Sorry, top five at four of them. So one of them was a ticket back to the games. And then I missed out by a fourth and a fourth. Yeah, a third, a fourth, a fourth and a fifth. So I missed out by one or two places to go back to the games as an individual female. But that's when they rolled out Masters. I think it was in, I think it was 2013 was the first Masters. So in 2012 at Regionals, I finished fourth. I should have gone to the games, but... um, for whatever reason, I'll never, never know the muscle ups in a workout that I'd finished in training easy. All I had to do was finish that workout, but I couldn't complete 21 muscle ups to start that workout. So that was the end of that. And, um, yeah, that was horrible. That was the most, that was the most distressing, disappointing, heartbreaking, um, probably event of my whole CrossFit career. Yeah. I remember that one. I was yelling at you. Don't worry. I tried everything. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get angry. I'm going to get calm. I'm going to pop. I'm going to rest. I'm going to, I didn't know what else to do. I tried everything I could yeah. and I just couldn't get them. And um, I don't know what happens out there on the floor, but um, muscle ups have been a thing for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually seen a video the other day. I think you fell out of one the other day. It was like two oh, or three years ago. Almost, I nearly wrenched my shoulder. I've, I think I've done that maybe three times in the whole 10 years I've done CrossFit, but um yeah, that's epic. But CrossFit yeah. is, you know, you're just always living on the edge. Yep. Training on the edge. Let's go to the uh, the Masters, mate. You um, three-time world champion uh, Masters, <laughs> CrossFit athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's been a hell of a journey. Um, yeah, so I think it was in 20, so 2013 I went back and, uh, I mean, I was there with um, – Actually, quite a lot of rage in my heart because I still I just missed out on one place, what by one place again on going back to those games as an individual, and that was the year they did the marathon row, and I was livid like that is so in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, anyway, I um I went back and I was in um you know I was a woman on action you know and I just I think I ate up the competition. I think I might have won. I'm, I can't remember the years exactly, but I, I think I might have won all but one event. I think I came yeah. first, you know, like first, 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 first. And someone asked me, you know, how did it go? You know, what could you have done better? And I'm like, I could have won all the events, you know, but I didn't. But, uh, you know, it was, um, 
you know, I mean, there's still some incredible, because I had two women from individual competition in my age category competing. Um, so, yeah. um, you know, what we're seeing now is all of the great athletes who are now turning 35 and 40 are returning to, um, you know, master's competition. So the level of competition is um, absolutely phenomenal. It's, you know, it's it's game standard, individual game standard. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy watching the masters and um, and even the teams um, when the teams are on. It's always great to see you know some of those individual athletes that have you know maybe put their career on the side and gone into a team to help some of the younger athletes or um, mm-hmm. you know different people. So it's always good to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I think it was 2015, might have been 2016. You done a, a bit of a tour. Um, you know, teaching different things. You stopped in at our gym. Um, it was yeah. it was awesome. I love uh, your little gym. I loved it. <laughs> we loved it too, that's for sure. But um, it was great for you to be able to share your knowledge of not only, you know, CrossFit, but it was also about training and recovery and also lots of different life skills and things in there. Um, now, I know you're going to, you're, you're, you're planning another tour. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, well, I think it's all, I think it's, um, it must be close to 10 years or maybe just, maybe it's nine years since I did that tour. I was just looking at it actually, because I was just preparing some uh, video, which I shared with you. You're the first human to, to see that little video that I created. Um, you know, and I'm just looking to return and I'm, um, you know, it's like, um, I belong in the CrossFit world, you know, I belong in that community. It's It's been my life and my passion and the highest highs of my life are in CrossFit and I love the community and I, I've i been through so much, achieved so much, um, learned so much and have so much to give back. And, you know, that really is the hero's journey is that we go out on a mission, you know, we slay the dragon, we go through all those doubts and the hardships and, and then we return with the boon, you know, we learn our lessons and we gain wisdom and experience, you know, experience, strength and hope. And and we return to our community, to our people, and we share that. That's, you know, that's the hero's journey. Oh, am I there? Oh, yeah, you're um, there. Yeah, I'm sorry, there. Sorry. I'm just sharing your, your website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, I just feel, you know, after Tori and Pro and after this, I mean, basically this hip, so, so just um, as an aside, like I've had this um, total hip replacement and it's 12 weeks since I've had that. And up until that, I've had three years of chronic blinding pain with every movement, sleeping, standing, stepping, one step, you know. But I've continued to train the best that I could within those limitations. And um, But what this hip surgery has done um, is given me, a, like I'm literally reborn to my own body. Um, and with that comes this incredible passion to um, and excitement to to do what I can again. And what seems to be possible in my mind is absolutely anything, whatever I decide. And I'm yeah, I'm back in the box at CrossFit Sortel, and I'm beginning to train up a storm. And as I said earlier, I love that time in the gym. I just come alive into my own little bubble and. Um, so suddenly this hip is um, healed and so it's a matter of getting strong, strong, strong. But, you know, it's just brought me back into what I love, what I'm so passionate about and um, uh, and I want to share that. And I love going into the community and sharing that with um, groups of 
you know, com- CrossFit community. So I can I can share the nourishment. I can share about recovery. I can share about mental health. I can share about what it takes to be, you know, the best version of yourself. And for me, the best version of myself is competing on the floor at the CrossFit Games. That's where it takes me. And for other people, it might be coming out of pain or, you know, reducing inflammation and so therefore experiencing a level of safety in your body that you haven't known because, you know, you haven't known what to do and therefore you've got these, um, you know, health, physical and mental and um, spiritual health symptoms, you know, that are ravaging you and, you know, anything that I can share. I just like my purpose really after everything I've been through is is to be of service. You know, I keep saying I want to help heal the heart and health of humanity by the power of food, movement and prayer as medicine. And really, like, I've prayed my heart out. I've trained my heart out. I've, um, you know, moved to save my life, mostly mental health life. So, you know, there's so much that I'm passionate about. And if it stays inside of me, it, it's it, it, it's a selfish thing and it, it doesn't it doesn't give back. That The yeah. hero's journey is not complete if I do not give back. So, yeah, that's that's what's happening. One of the big things, um, I guess, on your talk when you come to our gym was about your nutrition and things like that. And you carried a two-litre bottle of uh, this green green stuff around i'm just drinking my kombucha at the moment i drank the greens already go on yeah <laughs> yeah so you carried around you know a two liter bottle of your greens and now that's one of your products uh on yeah. your website i just showed your website and the yeah. link is down the bottom so everyone can see yeah. but um i guess what's in your bottle of greens and how can someone get hold of it yeah look honestly i mean that's what i'm known for all over the world because i've you know, I've spoken all over the world and travelled and competed, you know, even, I don't know if many people will remember, it's still on now, the Grid League, so that, like, CrossFit team's Grid I League. I competed yeah. first Australian contracted. Um, but so I've um, I've inspired the world to um, use this greens. And, you know, I had to create something that worked for me. So um, there was no product like mine, and there still isn't the equivalent on the market. Yeah, there are a lot of greens, but... My greens also, like all the super greens, barley grass, wheatgrass, spirulina, alfalfa, kelp, chlorella, the list goes on. Um, but then there's collagen, which is like oil for your car, for your body, and um, branch chains and creatine. So there's no fillers, there's no uppers, there's no, you know, there's no toxic sweeteners and artificial colours and shit because that's been my journey. It's like ultimate health, the highest um, quality um, food, drink, everything. So hydration so important, um, being anti-inflammatory, alkalizing the system. Um, and that, that formula is a recovery, f- like it's, it's a miracle, you know. Like I, I started actually trying uh, early days. I, I knew that I needed branch chain, so I had extend, which is just it made it gave me the shakes. It was like I was taking crack cocaine you know i can't have anything that's artificial and um chemical in my system i'm actually uh, for like a real badass athlete who can train anyone into the ground i'm an absolute baby in terms of sensitivities like mental emotional physical sensitivities as well so blessing and a curse so i created this product um on my journey and now it's what i sell to the world and it goes all over the world so it's my green goodness which is um where's that yeah there's that um what way do i go 
Um, I don't know if you can see it. Oh, it's that side of me, isn't it? No, I'm not very good with yeah, this camera. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's one of my. I'll share on. I'll share it here on the yeah. on the screen. <laughs> but yeah. I still, yeah, I still remember. You know, on the floor at regionals and carrying a bottle of the greens around, and you yeah. know, it, it yeah. was pretty cool to see. Um, yeah. Oh, look, and I've heard all of the insults. You know, what's that green pond slime? Yada yada yada. Like it looks disgusting, but. What everybody also knows when they're insulting me is that whatever it is is good for me and they need it too. Like everybody yeah. knows we're so wise. Um, so, yeah, everywhere I went all over the world, there's like green bottles. You know, if you go into a gym and there's, you know, 1.5, two litre bottles of green things on the floor where near where people are training, Amanda's been there delivering a <laughs> seminar and inspiring. Yeah. Love it. What are some of the other products that you sell? I see on the on your webpage there, yeah, there's a few others. Yeah, so I really, um, you know, so everything I did as an athlete, I, in during, you know, the lockdowns in COVID, I created my labels, my branding, um, all the language around it to try and explain it. So, you know, I really believe in alkalizing, detoxing, nourishing and fasting um, in the right order, in the right um with the right product. So I do this holy coffee, which again is, um, it's like the bulletproof protocol. You know, I really respond well to those good quality fats. So it's, but it's yeah. only, that it's a freeze dried. So you just add water. So it's organic freeze dried coffee. It's got collagen. It's got coconut milk powder. It's got MCT powder and chaga mushroom. So it's like, it's a holy experience. People abuse themselves with food, with coffee, with black coffee. I mean, black coffee has got nothing in it. It's like, it's like injecting it straight into your veins for me. I can't drink black coffee. It really sends me into agitation and um, anxiety. So, yeah, I created this incredibly nourishing, blood-stabilizing holy coffee experience. And then, you know, my super smoothie, which I, you know, created for myself after training. So it's a zero radiant smoothie, like the list of ingredients in there. Most people, your average person, wouldn't get that number of in like um, nutrients and trace elements and minerals in probably a year of eating. You know, most people are eating wheat and dairy and sugar. You know, rinse and repeat. So yeah. um, uh, my my belief, and you know, I mean, I was competing from forty to you know pretty much forty eight uh, in CrossFit and may, mostly against you know, the young women and I was out recovering them. And it was because I did absolutely everything I knew how to do um, to out recover, like to train harder than them and then to out recover them as well. So I could, you know, so people say, oh, uh, isn't that isn't that overtraining? It's like, no, actually, it's a it's um, a convoluted way of thinking. It's not people aren't overtraining, they're under recovering. And under and un, recovery doesn't just mean you know like I don't know having a sleep or getting a massage. It means being nourished. It means um, hydrating. It means um, you know like meditating. Uh, it means a lot of things. So yeah, I was um, I was probably an over recoverer, you know. And and I've really built my business and my message and my inspiration around that. And you know that's why this comeback um, with this new hip and my phenomenal recovery um from this hip surgery has been made possible you know it's not everybody will recover the way i have and have the capacity to go on and do what i plan to do 
Um, so, yeah, and then I also do a detox because we live in the most toxic world, you know, and that's been a journey too. Part of my recovery has been eliminating everything that's toxic that I possibly could, you know, fluoride in the water and chemicals in the food. So everything I eat is natural. It's not, um, you know, full of artificial colours and flavours. And, you know, it's just um, so I created a detox product as well, which is amazing, amazing. Um, it's zeolite charcoal dandelion pomegranate and zinc so i mean because all of those things work synergistically together so yeah that's a major protocol that i um sell i mean i've got a whole range of other products because i created everything for myself you know and then you know in the beginning of COVID, i just um i just created this business to start to give back um yep. and oh my gosh i just i just love what i've created and you know, maybe next year at Tori and Pro, I'll have a little stand and I can really start to bring it to the CrossFit community as well so they can benefit from it. Yeah, that's a that's a good point, mate. I think uh, lots of people will benefit from it and uh, especially the CrossFit community. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And because yeah. it's, so it's not just, we're not just the common people, you know, we're people who are constantly willing to, be a little bit uncomfortable for our greater benefit, whether that's training or whether that's nourishment and, um, you know, like just, just being mindful and disciplined about what we do and why we do it so we can benefit and have longevity and, and you know, and um, not just longevity but radiant, you know, longevity, badass longevity. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, I guess the, the CrossFit athletes, you know, are often getting up before work to train or, you know, going for work and, they might sit down all day and then go and do two hours in the gym in the night. So it's it's definitely hard and you've got to incorporate all of all of the things you talked about, the your nutrition, your sleep, your um meditation, the whole lot. So it is important, that's for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, um I've seen a thousand kilometers for your for suicide awareness. Yeah. Now, I didn't know about that one. Do you want oh. to talk about that one? Yeah, so it's funny. I was just speaking about grid um, earlier, and I think it was in 2014 I went and did three months on the road competing all over the States. Like it was high profile and it was brutal for a little introverted soul like myself because all of the protocols that I was used to being um, surrounded by and honouring in myself, I it was very hard to hold to them because I, you know, I was living out of a suitcase, living in horrible hotels and the food in America is so shit, right? So anyway, I came back quite spat out in 2015. A lot of things changed in my life and I left CrossFit Adelaide in, um, you know, real sort of suicidal depression and went to another gym and just changed things up. So I was in a really, really bad way. Um with my depression and it had been a long time since I'd been in that way and I'd actually had antidepressants for about five years when I first got sober um but I went back on them and uh, I think that was the year I turned up in 2015 to my regionals and finished 13th so it was my worst finish at regionals but I was doing not much training and spin classes and stuff but um you know I just um it was really on my mind. Uh, I went and I, I went to the toilet one night. I was just doing my best thinking on the toilet. And I, I sat there and suddenly my heart was just like, you've got to run a thousand kilometers for suicide and mental illness. And I was like, whoa, you know, and you've got to share about it. You've got to post every day about this journey that you're on, what you're going through. You know, it was just like my heart's my, the boss. So yeah. I was like, whoa, radio. So 
so I literally that night went from the toilet into my onto my desk in my little room and um you know I just wrote my first first, first post about the depression that I've been suffering and um and I set in motion and it was remarkable um that some people I connected with at the 2015 regional some women from up in um because my run was from Toowoomba to Mackay, so they were up that way. <clears throat> they they made it happen. Something happened. Like, you know when something's meant to happen, it was just whoosh. And six yeah. months later, um, I think it was in it was June 2016, I ran 1,000 kilometres from Toowoomba to Mackay. So I ran with my dogs. I had Pepper and Ishka at that time. Now I've got Ishka and Lobo. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a lot of coordinating with police and councils and community groups and um i ran 31 to 32 kilometers a day so it's about five hours every day um uh, yeah toowoomba to Mackay, out on the open road with a home following me i had ishka attached to my waist so he ran 15 kilometers every day the first 15 um and really that run every step of that run was like um what it's like living with suicidal depression or just depression um you know, every step was uh, a commitment. Every step, you know, had to be taken and it wasn't easy. And I actually started that run with pneumonia. So I was um, coughing um, so much so that I ended up coughing uh, hemorrhoids and I had the worst hemorrhoids for the whole run. It was literally like someone was, um, yeah, just knifing me <laughs> in the oh. not very pretty place. Um, and, you know, quite a lot of um, some of my conversations about it on the road were like talking about the horror of hemorrhoids. And um, and my friend was like, is this a suicide awareness run or a hemorrhoids awareness <laughs> run? You know, I was like, man, it's everything. Yeah. It has always been everything for me. And um, even one woman in a in a shopping mall when I went to get food after a run one day, she came up to me like out of the blue. She's like, Amanda, Amanda. I was like, she's pulled this cream out of her handbag. And it was like, I think it was called Dr. Wheatgrass. She said, this will fix your hemorrhoids. I've got this for you. Anyway, I posted every day. I, I, it took me about an hour to, to post each day my reflections. I had, I had people joining me out of the blue like my schedule was made public so people could just join me wherever they wanted i had a woman who joined me don't know her name she ran the whole 31 kilometers with me that day and it was only months later that i discovered that the day she ran with me was the day or the anniversary of the day her daughter had taken her life i had oh, yeah. a school group that joined me they had a little minibus and the kids would get in and out throughout that five hours and run. The, one student and one teacher ran the whole 31 kilometres with me. Um, you know, I spoke to sport, school groups along the way. I had lots of, like, dongers and um, motels and caravan parks open their heart to me and, let and you know, host, host me to stay overnight. Um, and it was brutally hard. And truly that run was... It was so inspiring. It was so brutally difficult just to take each step. And, um, you know, and towards the end, I was about 250 metres from the end, so uh, uh, kilometres. And, uh, you know, people were saying to me, oh, you're nearly there, you're nearly there. And I was just like, fuck, you go run 250 kilometres and see how nearly that is, you know. It's not nearly. And yeah. uh, you really have to be so careful mentally what you do to get through these great challenges. But, um. 
you know, it just did, it did what I wanted it to do. It raised an incredible amount of awareness for um, suicide, living with suicide and a mental illness and, you know, chronic depression and anxiety. And the, the conversations I had with people everywhere I went was so heartwarming, you know, people stopping on the side of the road, you know, farmers especially, because that was the, that's the area of greatest suicide rates in this country to Mackay, a lot of mining, a lot of farming. And, um, yeah. yeah, it was um, an incredible, incredible time. Yeah, and then yeah. actually, and then I had to drive from Mackay back to Adelaide, so that was a few days. And then two weeks later, I was at the CrossFit Games, um, and I came second to last, you know. <laughs> wow. It wasn't a way to prepare for the Games, but it Definitely was. Definitely um, It was incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. Now you still inspire people uh, with, you know, different things with your mental health and stuff like that. Now you're sharing a little bit more with the Whispers of Women podcast. Yeah. yeah thank you. Yeah. yeah so um, I guess how did that all get started? And was this just a, another way to express, I guess, how you're feeling and yeah. um, get the word out there about different things? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I just I just feel like I'm overflowing with things that I want to share and how I want to help. And um, this was an incredible way to bring women on onto a platform because there's so much wisdom with women. And, you know, I really feel so many of us have been just disconnected from one another. And, you know, there's such wisdom with women. And, you know, I, I called it whispers with women because really that, that was the old way, you know, women would whisper to other women and that's how... Um, you know, tradition would be held he, um, handed down and, you know, how we would, you know, the wise ones would help the younger ones. So I really wanted to bring that back. And I also started that in, in 2020 as well. So the beginning of yeah. COVID and all of that madness. And, um, and you know, I just I've, I've created a platform to talk about, you know, the fibroids, to talk about hysterectomies, to talk about, um, you know, competing to talk about depression to talk about domestic violence to talk about homelessness with women and um you know there's so much to be shared so um you know it's just it's it's that platform and you see every time i talk to a woman you know it's like a new woman i get a download from whatever their wisdom is and and it's not just me it's such a privilege that i'm the one that can interview them but all the women who listen you know we we really infuse one another with our wisdom simply by sharing our stories yeah. So it was such an, you know, I, um, you know, I've struggled to work work out how to share my story because it's been so convoluted, so many highs and so many lows, and you know, I really wonder how I ended up, you know, still here. And um, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to fucking make, you know, an incredible um, gift of being here, you know, to be a service back to others. Yeah. So that's what that is as well. My way of giving back. I'm actually talking to a woman tomorrow who's written a book about. Um, psychopaths and domestic violence. So that's a very interesting topic. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Hey, you, you say, you know, definitely for the women, but there's plenty of uh, topics in there for the men as well. So there's there's lots yeah. to get out there to yeah. all of the yeah. community. So absolutely, um, I'll leave that in the in the show notes so people Thank can go you. and check it out. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Now you're author of, I think, seven books. Is that correct? I think I've got seven online. I've, I've written nine. There's two unpublished. One's a 100,000-word uh, book and another one is this gorgeous fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah, right. But it's sort okay. of a fairy tale about um, a little bit about um, it's like this magical 
uh, fairy tale about domestic violence. Um, yeah. It's called The Last Unicorn. But, um, yeah, you know, there's things that I don't know what to do with yet or how to, you know, how they will be of, of value to anybody. So they're just sitting there in the wings, yeah. Yep. Now, is, do, you, do you enjoy writing or is it a, a, a way just for you to sort of get it out there to other people and, you know, and share your life stories? Yeah, you know, I think when I was at school, I never knew other than I wanted to be physically active and I wanted to write. You know, my family wanted me to be, a, you know, a doctor or whatever, a lawyer, all of those things. That was never in my um, future. But the only things that made sense to me, because I used to just pour my heart out into journals, like so many journals all my life. I would read, I would write and I would move, and that was the medicine. They were the only things that gave me relief from the world that I couldn't understand that I was living in and inside my own skin. So, um, you know, like this 100,000-word book that I wrote um, that I haven't released yet is um, I could not stop writing it. Like literally every day it wrote itself like with a compulsion that I couldn't stop. It was like I just had to turn up. And even after I'd had this major surgery, I was doubled over in pain on my bed on my iPad and it was just like, it was like a force that uh, like uh, um, possessed me. And, and it's been a bit like that with everything that I do. It's like, oh, okay, I've just got to do what whatever the energy tells me to do. Um, so, yeah, I, I really do love it. I think if I had my way, I would just be writing and uh, competing, you know, training and writing. And um, But, you know, I'm not, I'm not that. Uh, there's a lot more that I've got to do it seems you know take it to the people and share and you know create my products and you know I'm slowly getting some women around me to help with my um, business because it's growing you know and um, yeah I just I just like I've just followed my heart you know my heart is um, the boss yep I love it mate you've been an inspiration to many uh, I really thank you for joining me today it's been cool to catch up and um, where can, I guess, people go to find out more about your products and um, yeah. just your website? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, um, I'm actually running quite a few retreats these days as well because I'm not busy enough. So um, some amazing retreats in the mountains and, and off-grid TP sort of stuff. So, yeah, all of that stuff, all my products, all my books, um, my retreats and, and just way to work with me or contact me is um, amandaallen.com.au so that's the best portal and then I'm on Instagram as Amanda Unicorn Allen and um, I changed it from Amanda CrossFit Allen because I thought I was never coming back to CrossFit it was very sad but I'm forever going to be a unicorn um, and then on my I think on Facebook I'm Amanda Allen but there, I think there are about 10 bazillion Amanda Allens out there but I'm there somewhere um, yeah and I, I really you know a lot of what I do as well is um you know, get on calls or um, be, be available to people who are struggling with whatever. I can't tell you the, the number of people who reach out and the subject matter, of course, is so broad because my experience, my life experience has been so broad. And, you know, I, I want to give back. So anytime that I can, I'll, I'll get on a call or I'll give, you know, quite detailed support or involvement. And, um, you know, it's a hell of a privilege um, to be in that position. So, yeah, I just feel like my life is really you know, to be of service and to be of inspiration to those who are um, coming behind me and who are also struggling with things that they think maybe they can never get through or get yeah. beyond or heal from. And, like, I'm a testament to the fact that that's not true at all. Like, um, 
you know, sometimes it just takes a bit longer and it might be a bit harder than we want it. Um, but every bit of it is worth it. Every bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're an inspiration, mate. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Joel. I so appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Talk to you soon, mate. Bye. Bless everybody. Bye. <laughs>